Well, welcome back. This is Julie DeLuca Collins with Casa de Confidence Productions, and you are listening to Purposeful You Summit. We are part of the Confident You Radio, and you are listening to Talk Radio 360 for Women. I am excited that you are joining us for the Purposeful You Summit. We just heard some incredible speakers on our panel number three. Panel number three, we talked about finding healing and empowering others to thrive. But now I want to talk to you about using your purpose to rebuild your life. If you want to unlock the purpose of your life and rebuild from the ground up, join us for this incredible conversation. We are talking about using your purpose to rebuild your life. Prepare to be inspired as our incredible panelists share their personal stories of resilience and triumph, revealing how they harness their purpose to rebuild their lives after facing adversity. Discover how to tap into your inner strength and align your actions with true calling. Learn how to navigate challenges, embrace change, and create a life that reflects your values and passions. Whether you're seeking a fresh start, going through a major life transition, or simply looking for guidance on how to live a more purposeful life, this panel is a game changer. And I present to you Nicole Starbucks, Natalie Kime, Monica Morrissey, Christy Kennedy, and Nicole Tuxberry. Overall, Get ready to gain practical insights, actionable strategies, and renewed sense of hope. It is time to rewrite your story and build the life you were meant to live. Hi, my name is Nicole Starbuck, and I am a psychic empath, quantum energy healer, spiritual mentor, and life coach. And what I do is I show people how to tune into their intuition and use their spiritual gifts and abilities to create their dream life. So what I'm so excited to share with you today is how you can use your purpose to rebuild your life. So I'd like to start out by sharing my personal journey and my story as an example and an encouragement to how you can use your purpose to rebuild your life as well. So years ago, I struggled with anxiety, depression, chronic illness, and repeated burnout. This was all the result of not living in alignment with my authentic truth. I knew from a very young age that I was highly sensitive, highly empathic, but I did not have the resources or the support system in place to be able to develop this further. So I ended up having a lot of anxiety and I had depression as well because I wasn't able to be my authentic self. This all led to chronic illness or dis-ease, what I call disease, because I wasn't being my true self. And this ultimately led to burnout. So I ended up in the ER with a panic attack because I was trying to fit myself into a box, into someone else's perception of what success is without really looking for myself what success is for me. And so in my darkest moment here, after the ER, after this wake-up call, I knew that there had to be another way. I just knew in my bones that there had to be a reason for what I was going through and not to be triggering or anything like that. But even in my darkest moments of, say, suicidal depression, I just felt like there was there was a reason for what I was going through, that if I could help even one person to find happiness, to find healing, to find wholeness, that it would have all been worth it. So I made it my mission to become the best version of myself so that I could empower and encourage others to do the same. So what I did is I embarked on a personal growth and development journey, which led to a spiritual growth and development journey, which then became my mission and vision in showing others how to continue their ascension journey and rebuild their lives. So that's what I do now professionally. So 
let this be an example to you that if you are feeling like there has to be another way or that you want to know what the reason for all of this is, just know there is absolutely a reason. Everything is working out in your favor and there's something good coming from whatever it is that you're experiencing right now. So the three things that I would like to share with you besides my story is number one, there is a purpose in the pain. Everything is happening for a reason and you simply have to believe that the universe is conspiring in your favor and everything is working out for you rather than against you. Now this is also to say that you are powerful. You are a powerful co-creator with the universe and you can alchemize and transmute energy. This gives you the ability to reframe and rewrite your story. And a very, very simple way to do this is something I call flipping the script, where you take a negative thought or behavior or some sort of situation that's not serving you and flip it on its head and affirm the opposite. So affirm what you would like to receive instead of what you are currently receiving. So for example, in my darkest days, I used to think negative thoughts such as, I am worthless, I am powerless, I'm out of control. And I would change that to something like, I am worthy, I am enough, I am powerful, I am in control. And I would repeat this over and over and over again until I would believe it. And perhaps you're thinking, well, I say affirmations, but they don't really work for me. And I would encourage you not to just say the words, but to really feel the energy behind what it is that you're declaring. Because it's about aligning your mind, aligning your body, aligning your emotions, aligning your spirit to the frequency or the vibration of what it is that you're declaring, not just saying the words. And so as you continue to do this, you are going to transmute that pain into purpose. So that's number one, there is purpose in the pain. Number two, people need to hear your story where you came from, where you are now, and where you're going. The reason being is that as you step up and show up and allow yourself to be seen and heard, you heal yourself and you help others to heal as well because they see that if it's possible for you, then it must also be possible for them. And that's why I'm so passionate about sharing my story and about coming on and doing these types of workshops and seminars and summits because I know that someone out there needs to hear that. Someone out there is also going through something similar to what I experienced in chasing quote-unquote success. And so perhaps as you're feeling into your story, you're wondering what the purpose is. Why exactly is this happening? What on earth are you here for? And so I would encourage you not so much to analyze why something is happening, because again, we believe that something is happening in the background and working in our favor, even if we don't know all the information and all the details, but we can start to ask ourselves questions regarding our purpose so that we can have some focus and intention so that we can push through our circumstances, and our situation with a renewed sense of clarity and confidence. So a few very simple questions to ask yourself are questions like, what does your soul most long for? What are you passionate about? What brings you joy? Or what did you like to do when you were a child? What lights your soul on fire? What does your inner child like to do? And usually that's an indication of what we are geared towards, what we are primed towards for our purpose is whatever brings us joy. And then the question after that, if time and money were not a concern, if energy expenditure were not a concern, you'd be doing anything in the world, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Another beautiful question. So what does your soul most long for? And what would you do if you weren't afraid? And last but not least, what is one aligned action step you can take towards making this vision a reality? And consider this in some different frames of time. So in the next day, 
in the next week, in the next month, and in the next year. So you can start to see how your story is shaping your your purpose and how your passion feeds into your purpose. And now you have some building blocks to rebuild your life because you now know where you're going. You have a vision of where you would like to take your story next. So while we can't change or control the things that may have happened to us in the past, we for sure can rewrite the story and create a new story going forward. And I just want to be clear that in doing this, in this whole process of having purpose in the pain, showing up and sharing your story, it's not that you're broken and it's not that you need fixing, but it's in turning the pain into purpose, you rewrite your story and make the future whatever you want it to be. So that is the third thing that I would like to leave you with is that you are powerful. You already have the answers. The answers are inside of you. And it's just a question of whether or not you're listening. And you want to keep listening to that inner child, to that version of you that lights up, that calls in joy and bliss and pleasure. Because the more that you're tuning into that, the more in tune and in alignment you're going to be with your purpose, which is going to empower you to rebuild your life on your terms. So that is what I have to share with you today. Once again, my name is Nicole Starbuck. I'm a psychic empath, quantum energy healer, spiritual mentor, and life coach. And it's been such a pleasure sharing with you how you can use your purpose to rebuild your life. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Hi, my name is Natalie Keim. I'm a financial coach, a financial services professional, and a caretaker for my elderly parents. I'm going to get to that third one in a minute and talk about how it's actually embedded with the work I do and the, the passion I have for making sure my clients not only reach retirement, but can live on their own terms and live well when they arrive there, as well as assist their elderly loved ones in doing the same. So let me step back just a bit and tell you my a, a little bit of my story. I had a 20-year corporate career in accounting and finance. Um, I did, however, have times in between jobs where I struggled a bit because I was a single mom and I didn't always get consistent child support. And about five years ago, I was in between jobs. I had finished doing some contract work and I was ready to step back into corporate America as an employee. So when I was looking for that next opportunity, I started networking a lot and I tripped across this business I have today. What I realized when I saw the financial services industry is I could actually utilize some of what uh, the skills I had used in corporate America, but plug them in a different way into the private sectors and help individuals like myself create financial freedom. Um, achieve financial goals and reach retirement healthy and happy. So that's what I started to do part-time. I did step back into corporate America full-time. My son was a senior in high school and getting ready to go into the military. And so um, I spent two years building my business up slowly and then decided about two and a half years ago, all right, I'm ready to jump in full-time. And my why was to take care of my parents someday. But let me tell you about someday. It shows up on its terms, not on yours. So my mom has dementia and both of my parents have severe arthritis. My mom started seeing a memory care professional about a year and a half ago. Now my parents lived in Utah. My brother and his family live in Utah and I live in North Texas. So my mom's uh, memory care uh, doctor asked my dad to have my myself and my brother at my mom's next appointment. And that was May 8th of 2022. So I flew into town. Now, my brother and I expected something to come of this appointment if the doctor asked us to be there. But what we, we didn't expect was to find out our parents could no longer live safely on their own. So here we were. What comes next? Luckily, because of the work I do, about a year, a year and a half prior to that, we had put a trust in place. We had outlined everything mom and dad wanted. They didn't want to go into a re 
retirement community, and I wanted the opportunity to care for them. So we implemented kind of the plans and conversations we'd had before. We moved my parents temporarily to my brother's for the summer, kind of giving them a transition point in leaving their home. And then I flew back and forth every three weeks for the entire summer to help the family go through their house um, and take the mementos and things that were important to us or that my parents wanted us to have. Uh, We conducted an estate sale, donated a bunch of stuff um, to Goodwill, prepped the house for sale, got the house listed and sold the house. And actually a year ago today was when I flew my parents to Texas to live with me. So here we are, right? Everything's good. They're here. Nope. There was a huge transition. The transactional part of getting them here was done. But my parents were shifting in many ways into the child role and I into the parent role. And yet there were other ways in which they could and should still have their independence. And it took us a few months and um, learning how to communicate through that to identify when and where I needed to show up and when and where I didn't. And for me, balance building my business with that going on, right? And so I felt like, you know, for about six or eight months, I had these two different parts. I had, you know, my personal life and my parents and I had my business. And about three or four months ago, my dad and I started walking in the morning and I started taking little videos, asking him to give advice to the people of the world. And I did it because as I navigated this, I would hear from people they were in the same boat. um, And I never knew. They never shared it. And what I realized is there are so many people out there who might be feeling like they're alone or just struggling through the process. And so I wanted to share some of the fun highlight moments with my dad. I've also talked many times about what's hard about the situation. Not that it's bad, just that it can be hard. And through that, what I found is my personal life, managing my parents and caretaking for them and my professional life could and should be completely intertwined. And I found an even deeper passion for helping my clients not only reach retirement, but live well when they get there. And to be able to provide for loved ones, they might be supporting or caring for as well. So that being said, what do I do when I work with my clients? The first thing I want to do is always provide a financial education. I feel like with that education, anybody can make strong and confident financial decisions about their future. So for me, financial literacy is based on understanding how money works and how to make your money work for you. My clients I work with, the majority are women and they're about 15, 10 to 15 years out from retirement. So if they're at that point in their life where they may have contributed to their 401k, um, maybe they have a Roth IRA or something, but they realize retirement's getting early and they're or getting here sooner um, than later. And they're ready to sit down and say, hey, is my plan in place? Do I have everything I need? And can I get there when I want to get there? And so they may also be in that point where they may be supporting or caring for elderly parents or an elderly loved one who's already in retirement. So I want to help them by giving them tools and information that can benefit them. And for me, when it comes to women and finance, there are some important factors. One, women live longer than men. We're expected to live on average to age 79, and the average man lives to age 72. In addition to that, there's still wage inequality. We make 82 cents on the dollar compared to men. And so what we have to put into retirement is a lower amount of money. And our retirement's going to be based on a lower amount of money, but it has to it has to last for more years. So it's important to understand that. We also might have a spouse or a partner that manages the budget, but I like to make sure my clients, whether the wife manages the budget, which a lot of my friends do, or they're at least involved, or the husband manages it, that both people are on the same page and they know what's happening and why it's happening and how it fits into their goals. Look, the number one reason for divorce in America is still financial issues. So if we can help curb some of those, I consider that a really good thing. In addition to that, like I was a single mom, y'all, and many single moms have custody of their children and are responsible for their daily care, responsible to take time off work if they're sick or if there's holidays from school. And single women are responsible for managing their finances on their own. So all types of women need a financial education and need financial support. In addition to that, the biggest wealth transfer in the history of time is happening between now and 2030. In the rest of this decade, 30 trillions, 30 trillion dollars will transfer hands and the majority of that will go into the hands of women. So I teach my clients seven money milestones, getting a financial education, having proper protection in case you live too long or die too soon, creating an emergency fund, managing debt, increasing cash flow, building wealth over time, and finally protecting their wealth and passing on a legacy if that's important to them. 
In addition to that, I work with my clients on how to set financial goals. Um, A lot of them have financial goals, which is great. But if they don't or they don't know where to start, we talk about things like creating a roadmap, how to get from A to B if you've never been there before. It's like, would you just get in your car in, in LA and just drive in a direction hoping you hit New York if you've never been there and you don't know how to get there? No, you'd use a map or a GPS. It's the same thing. I help them create a G- GPS for their financial uh, future. In addition to that, we identify any holes in their boat, I like to call them. They may have that 401k or that Roth IRA, uh, but what else do they need to meet their financial goals on how much income they make in retirement and the kind of flexibility and freedom they want when they get there? What's important to them? What's important to them personally in regards to their partner or spouse, their children, their friends, the ability to make a difference or give back in their community, and their ability to leave a legacy? So there are a lot of things that a financial education can provide, like peace of mind, confidence, hope for the future, um, the ability to just take a deep breath and feel like you're actually going to be able to get there. So I have three action steps for you guys to implement um, as I round things out. The first is to get a financial plan if you don't already have one. If you do have one, sit down with your financial professional and make sure that you're still on track for your goals or adjust it for anything that's shifted and how you want things to look in the future. If you don't don't have a financial professional, reach out to me. I would be happy to help you or find somebody that's close to you if you prefer to meet with somebody in person. But definitely work with somebody to make sure your plan is in place and you're on your way to where you want to be. The second thing would be protection, not just from a life insurance perspective, but overall for your assets. Put a trust in place that can navigate things for you if needed when you're unable to make decisions or for your family when you're no longer here. Have hard conversations now so that everybody's on the same page about what your wishes are and put them down on paper in a way um, that is solidified and can avoid any contention in the future between your family or with the court and legal systems. That being said, the third thing I recommend is that everybody has a final expense policy in place. This is a smaller insurance policy that would pay out within 48 hours if something were to happen to you to help your family avoid a GoFundMe or putting funeral expenses on a credit card while they wait for your life insurance and your other asset to be settled upon your passing. So those are my three action steps. Uh, Really easy things to start the process on. They don't happen overnight, but if you start now, you can take steps towards them um, so that they are in place when the time comes and it takes the stress off other people. Again, I want to work with people to make sure they can reach retirement well, they can live well in retirement, and they can support their loved ones who might already be in retirement. So if you have any questions, I would love to talk to you. I would love to share information. I would love to share some coaching opportunities with you. But for now, I hope you enjoy the rest of this summit. And I hope this information was beneficial to you. Hopefully I'll get to see you again, but have a great day. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I am Monica Morrissey, and I am here to talk about using my purpose to rebuild my life. And this is my story. I welcome you here, and I hope that you can take some nuggets from my talk and be able to maybe make some changes in your life to rebuild. So I want to put you in this mode of imagine this pure, utter exhaustion, the kind where all you want to do is sleep. Every joint in your body hurts. You have an intense all-the-time headache. I was working to get my master's degree in education to become an administrator. I was dealing with my parents' estate. Both of them died within eight months of each other. I had two sons who were about 18 and 20, wanted to be grown up, but still needed some support. A job where I was doing the work of two teachers because one of the math teachers left. To say I was tired was an understatement. My body literally felt like it was shutting down. Your soul can't stand the structure of negativity that your bones walk into every day at work. I didn't want to be the grumpy old teacher, so I knew that I had to do something else. But I didn't know what else to do. I didn't have any models to look at. Most people I knew were in traditional hourly or salary jobs. I slowly got sicker and sicker 
I jumped from doctor to doctor being told I was fine. I knew I wasn't fine. The stress I was under caused my cholesterol level to be above 250. I wasn't sleeping and I had no idea where to begin healing physically or emotionally. If I didn't do something soon, I'd follow in the same footsteps of both my parents. I'd die from heart disease. Finally, I found a doctor who was dedicated to helping me solve this puzzle. Why was I so sick? What led me to this point in my life? With a mixture of changes in lifestyle, focusing on my nutrition, targeted supplements, and some specific treatment for my diagnosis, something that no other doctor could figure out, I had Lyme, mold toxicity, and heavy metal toxicity. I was desperate to feel better. I wanted to live a life where I was healthy and could enjoy each and every day. I rolled my eyes big time when someone said writing was therapeutic and it may help me heal. I mean, I had heard of Louise Hay saying that all dis-ease was from our emotions, but what did that really look like? And how would writing heal me? I thought I needed more pills to cure me. I wasn't sure how it would work. So I put pen to paper because I was basically willing to try anything to feel better. If this cracked the code of my illness, I would at least try. That's when I began to find my purpose. I believe that this was the beginning of rebuilding my life. I started listening to my soul in ways I had no idea how to do before. My transition to a new life out of public education was beginning and would eventually lead me to my business four years later. My first book was a nine-month journey to be born. I thought I was writing a 10-page story about my cool dime story to share with others. Soon after I started writing, my husband said to me, are you writing a book? And I was like, Questions, something inside me, and I wondered if this story was one I was supposed to share with the world. Could my story of connecting with my father after his death help others? Would knowing that spirit can send us signs help someone who was deep in grief? But I hated writing, and I had deep fear of sharing anything personal. My mother warned me not to write anything embarrassing. The worst part of it, what she said to me, was that all my thoughts were embarrassing. I knew nothing about publishing and I pushed through each hurdle like I was on a mission to discover myself like never before. Everyone around me seemed to think that I had to stuff my stuff together. I mean, I was a teacher for 27 years and then a curriculum director for seven schools. From the outside in, I looked fine. I had two grown kids who were doing well in a wonderful long-term marriage of 30 or more years. Little did I know the impact of Brene Brown's work. I learned how scary it is to be vulnerable, and I learned that shame hides out within us. And the only way to get rid of that shame is to share it. It can't survive. I decided to share the full me. The one who drank to cover up her emotions and gain what I thought was confidence in a bottle. It didn't work. Was I was suicidal at many points in my life. And I was someone who believed in God, the divine, or whatever that you want to call it. But I worked in a public education job, so I couldn't share that part of me. I shared how when I was little, I talked to spirits near my bedroom window. I shared my fear that was running through my life, running through my blood, putting out that fire within me. As the dime story unfolded, the reader learns what it is like to be a sensitive person. 
I integrated my teaching skills with my new work as a writer. What else did I want people to know about our emotions and how they make us ill? As the years passed, I followed what I like to say is breadcrumbs. I followed my heart along with the fire that was sparked from my first book. I told myself that even if my story helped one person, it was worth it. Now, my stories help hundreds. When I left the school system, I slowed down and let my body heal. The universe supported me in ways that I didn't even know were possible. Along with physical healing, I was reframing my thoughts and beliefs. They weren't serving me anymore. I followed the breadcrumbs that kept igniting the fire within me. This fire had been dimmed before in my life. Could I really become something that I didn't think I could do? I had turned to education because I flunked a writing exam in college. I didn't write when I was a teenager because my mom told me not to write anything embarrassing, which were all the thoughts in my head. So I stopped down those feelings and went through life like I was. Now the question is, what spark inside of you needs to be lit? What lit you up when you were younger, but someone told you that wasn't the way to go? What were the expectations, getting a job, going to college, getting a pension, etc., that you went for, but it didn't light you up? Find the thing that is within you that you think you want to try and slowly transition by following only the breadcrumbs that light you up. Each thing you do will lead to another thing. My first step into this wasn't something that I expected but I'm so very grateful that I took that step. My first step to healing wasn't the traditional way of healing. I wrote out everything that was on my mind. The first draft was messy, 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 but I learned to trust my pen and paper. It was a way for my soul to communicate to me. When we put pen to paper, miracles can happen and we can dive into our subconscious and things appear out of nowhere. Start writing. Start with a simple sentence like, I'm ready for a change. And follow that wherever it leads you. Imagine what your life would be like if you could have anything you want. What would a typical day look like? What would you be doing that wasn't work, but that was work, but didn't feel like work? What fear is lurking around in the background? How are you going to face that fear to be able to move forward? Rewind if you don't if you didn't write down those questions. Rewind this video right now and write down those questions. I want you to ignite whatever spark was dimmed inside of you that your internal fire, so that your internal fire is warm, full of peace, and fuels your soul to move towards something new and exciting. I wish you the best. And I hope that you find whatever lights you up. Hello, I'm Christy Kennedy Ward, owner of Queenfidence Global Image Consulting. Today, I'm going to take you through a journey of understanding the power of using purpose to rebuild your life. How do we use purpose to rebuild our lives? Today, we're going to first look at the word rebuild. When we rebuild something, typically it's after it's been damaged. When we rebuild something, there has been disappointment. When we rebuild, we are ready to make improvements, enhancements. Some individuals call it reinvention. And you can rebuild at any time you deem necessary. When you don't feel your best self, you can reinvent right there in the moment. Woke up on the wrong side of the bed, we can rebuild right there. Where I began is with the person. I call it the who question. Who am I? I can still remember to this day, even as a mature adult, young Christy hearing these voices saying, she's so shy. She's so timid. She's so quiet. That was installed programming. 
And it wasn't until I began to challenge it and say, that is not who I want to be. So I started with, who am I? I am as bold as a lion. I began to challenge what we call thinking traps. Everyone has them. And this is the subconscious mind oftentimes running the show and we have to tell it where to go. So you don't get to run my life anymore because I'm wide awake within within myself and I'm now taking the driver's wheel and we are going where I say we're going. So start with the person. This is your first pillar of power. Next, we have to look at the pain. I know for me, many years went by that I was not operating in my purpose. Why? Because of the pain that I experienced, the heartache that I did not want to look at. Have you ever been there where you just start stuffing, you suppress, you just pretend like it never even happened and try to go on with your life. And then one day there's this one experience that opens the door and all of this pain that was stuffed down inside of you just comes flooding to the surface. You don't have to wait. You can deal with the pain right here, right now, because what happens is you start thwarting your own personal growth and development. And if you do that, there's somebody that's missing out on the opportunity to be able to receive what you have to offer. And only you can offer it. One of my favorite affirmations is no one is you. And that, my friend, is your superpower. So we look at the pain. What was the pain sent to do? It serves a purpose as well. And when we learn how to convert our pain into power, we convert our pain into purpose and create usefulness out of it that we can identify with someone else who also has gone through something similar. Now we begin to link arms And now we create a ripple effect of change. And not only that, a ripple effect of good. So let's look at the pain. Let's look at it eye to eye and see what it wants to teach us about who we are. It's revealing resilience that we oftentimes can overlook. It's revealing a new level of compassion. That pain serves a purpose, which is what we call the what. What happened to you? and what could be used as a gift to this world. So look at the pain as a pearl of power. The next we're going to look at purpose. Each and every one of us was created to express a specific and unique purpose in this world. You have to be able to declare what your purpose is, not just to yourself, but to this world. I am here to X, Y, and Z. If I don't do X, Y, and Z, I will be unfulfilled. Whatever that looks like to you, it doesn't have to make sense to anyone else. This is the reason you were created. It's your why. The purpose is the why. I think about recently, I saw an African man from Zimbabwe who wants to be a fighter. He wants to be the champion next year in the UFC. And he had a list of reasons why he fights. That's his purpose. And he has it right in front of his face so he can be ever mindful of the reason he's doing what he's doing. Your purpose is your reason. The reason why you must get up every single morning. The reason why you have to reach out. It's the reason why you cannot sleep sometimes at night because you are trying to figure out how to serve this world with your purpose. Next, we're looking at the passion. I call this the wind. The passion. Now, passion can ebb and flow But the passion is going to constantly be the wind behind your purpose. It's going to energize you and it's contagious. People need to see the passion because what that passion represents is your conviction. I am fully persuaded that I know why I'm here and what I do is like no one else does it. And that's why I must be heard. I must be seen. I must contribute because of this passion, this fire on the inside of me. That is the legitimacy 
of what you were put on this earth to do. Because if there is no passion, more than likely there is a disconnection between you, who you are, and what you were created to do. When you connect you and the what, and you bring them together, it becomes fire. It becomes wild. And people want to be a part of that wild fire. Because most individuals are going through a lull in their life and they need someone to inspire them to be the best version of themselves. So don't lose your fire. And that passion, it often amplifies when you get around other fiery individuals who've also tapped into their purpose and they also are committed to sharing their gifts with the world, which leads me to the presence. The presence, that's the wonder. I remember hiding my presence, my gifts, because of what? I was not secure in who I was. I did not want to talk about the pain I was hiding. I felt that if someone knew about this pain, could they really follow me? It caused me to be insecure. And so when I'm not operating in my purpose, then I'm powerless and I'm not using my voice. So I'm outside of what I was really created to do, which makes life dull. And I often say, what is life without sparkle? I don't want to walk through life just existing. I want to go through life on fire, helping others to catch fire. So I want to share these gifts. And when all of these pieces come into alignment, we are free to be who we really are in season and out of season, in public and in private. No matter where we show up, we are free to be. And so give the gift of yourself to this world because without you sharing it, what happens is there is a void. Don't underestimate the gifts that you carry on the inside of you. Someone is looking for this peculiar and precious and priceless gift that only you can unveil. This is how we use purpose to rebuild our lives. One thing that I've specifically used as if we look at tools is journaling. When we want to reprogram ourselves and rewrite the story, no one is you and that is your power, we start with rewriting a brand new narrative. The other thing that I've utilized is vision boards. I have 25 vision boards around me, six vision books. It's how I manifested my husband. When I was tired of getting my heart broken, I realized I wanted something more, something better. I wanted a man who could love me fully. I started with a vision. It's so powerful to use the power of being able to imagine something different. Imagine something extraordinary because you can absolutely have it. I want to challenge you to rewrite the story and make it a bestseller. I'm Christy Kennedy Ward, owner of Queen Finance Global Image Consulting. When I found out that I had the back of an 80-year-old when I was only 21 years old, I thought my life was over. I never could have imagined that it would lead me down the road to finding and living in my purpose. The good news is you don't have to wait for a life-altering event like that to take control of your life and start living in your purpose too. Hi, my name is Nicole Tuxbury, and I'm so excited to be here with you today for the Purposeful You Summit. I want to share three tips that I used to rebuild my life living in my purpose. So my first tip for you is learning to practice gratitude. It's something that seems way too simple to work, but simply writing down three things that you are grateful for every single day is going to help adjust your perspective. Not only that, um, it helped me to learn how to be patient productively. So I was able to learn how to look around and be like, what do I have here that I can work with? So if I wasn't able to make money as a server anymore, I couldn't walk around and carry trays. Well, what could I do to make money? And I had my computer. I was learning to build websites. So I was, I 
used gratitude to help me focus on what I did have instead of what I didn't have anymore. And that is one of the things that really, it helps reshape your brain. Not only, um, it really does like the, the neurons and, and the pathways that they take. So when you start practicing gratitude, it is a habit that you have to make um, consistent. And that's going to be in my second point, but it literally changes the, the, the connections in your brain and really helps you see things differently. And not only does it help you appreciate what you have, it is also uh, forward acting and it helps attract the things that you want. And so uh, one of the cool things about gratitude is when we are grateful for the, what we have, the things that we're working for. So if I want more money, I'm grateful for the money I have. Um, more money is attracted to us, right? It's one of the basis of manifestation. And so gratitude is a super powerful force that is almost too easy to implement in our lives. All you've got to do is write down three things you're grateful for every day. And I do have a free gratitude tracker available. We'll talk about that at the end of this presentation, but you can get your hands on it as a guest for free of this summit. Now, my second tip and something that our host, uh, amazing host, Julie, um, is actually certified in, she talks about tiny habits, and that is one of the major themes of my book, um, is those small habits. And so what small habits can you implement in your everyday life? Things that don't cost money, things that are not going to take a lot of time, um, but that are going to help you start rolling that snowball into the effect that you want, right? Because um, even when we take baby steps, baby steps are still progress. So if we are going down this road and we're taking baby steps, we're still making progress. So what are those things that can help you step into that future future version of yourself? Um, so one of the goals that I set out for myself, one of the things that I knew I wanted to implement in my life um, that didn't have to cost much was drinking water. Um, so a lot of us have not great habits with around water. Um, and so that was one of the first habits that I implemented into my life. And one of the things that um, we do when we set up small habits like that is we are building trust deposits in ourselves. Um, and so sometimes when we tell ourselves we're going to do something, we don't do it. Now our subconscious has ammo against us. The next time we set up a goal for ourselves, oh, well, you didn't do it all these other times. Why are you going to do it now? And so when we start implementing small habits, such as drinking a glass of water every day, getting into the habit, or like Julie tells us, filling up that cup of water. That is our first win. Just grabbing that cup, putting water in it, that's a win already. And when we start making those tiny adjustments every day, those are trust deposits that we're making. And those habits build up like compound interest. Um, and so if you just do a 1% improvement every day, eventually you're going to have thousands and thousands percent improvement, right? And so small, tiny steps, small baby steps are still progress and they will compound. Um, and so habits, take a look at the habits that you have, maybe the ones that are working for you and the ones that maybe you are not so fond of and see what small adjustments can you make in those habits to make them work for you. Um, so for example, I used to drink a lot of soda, okay, guilty. And so one of the things that I did with my water was make sure that I used a similar cup to the soda. It had the straw, I made sure it had ice. And so it made that transition into drinking water easier because I wasn't changing like the bottle and it's a different thing, right? Um, and so I highly, highly recommend that you take a look at those habits, take an inventory, have lots of great on yourself, but focus on the small, tiny, everyday things um, that you have control over. Um, so like drinking water, for example. Now, the third one is a compound of the first two, and it's one of the effects of um, practicing gratitude, implementing these small habits, and that is learning to see what's actually the superpower in what you thought was your weakness, right? And so one of the things that helped me live in my purpose was realizing um, that I talk a lot. <laughs> and when I was little, I used to get in trouble for talking a lot, right? Um, now I get paid to talk. And so what I thought was a weakness was talking too much. Um, I was able to turn that into one of my superpowers and that is speaking, right? And so now people pay to listen to me speak. I used to get in trouble for being bossy. And one of the things that I talk about in my five-minute piece 
least when I do open mics, is, you know, uh, undeveloped leaders tend to be bossy, right? We don't have the resources available. And so I turned that around and I implemented, I learned, I created these small habits. Um, I was reading uh, a lot and I focused on becoming a better leader. And so what I thought was my weakness being bossy, I turned it into my superpower of being a leader in my community, among my peers, um, as a community manager, hosting a podcast, hosting events, and bringing entrepreneurs together, bringing free resources um, to those who want them and other opportunities for those who want more. And so I turned what I thought was a weakness into one of my superpowers. And so when we are focusing on gratitude, when we're taking a look at those habits and like, who is that future version of myself that I want to step into? Um, then we can start seeing what we thought were our weaknesses, right? Because it was just a perspective. Um, I used to talk too much and I talked about the wrong things. But when I started reading, I started focusing on leadership. I started focusing on my business. I started focusing on how can I give more to my clients? All of a sudden, the stuff that's coming out of me, people want to hear it, right? And so I'm getting paid for it. And so I turned what that weakness was into my superpower. And so what is something that you may have seen as a weakness that you are fighting against that could actually be your superpower. Maybe it's a hobby that you have. Maybe it's a habit that you have. Maybe it's something that you're so good at that you don't even realize how good you are at it. And you could be charging money for helping other people with that skill. Um, and so I would love for you to think about what is something that I've always considered a weakness that maybe it's it's not a weakness. Maybe it's actually my superpower and I've just been toning it down. And how can I uh, train that superpower, right? How can you bring it to life? How can you use it for positive? Um, because one of the things I talk about in my book is one of the big differences between superheroes and supervillains is their perspective. Bad things happen to both of them, and it's what they do with that with that situation, that perspective that determines um, do they use that power to help other people or are they using it for like revenge and to hurt others and do things like that. So you have a choice. You have that power. You have a superpower and you get to use how you get to choose, excuse me, how you use it. Um, and so I hope those three tips have been helpful for you guys. Like I mentioned, I do have some free resources available for you, um, including a gratitude tracker. And I have a freebie, um, and it's 52 tips from my Profit Machine Summit. And it does include some business tips, but there are also some amazing mindset tips in there. Um, and so I would love if... Um, if that could be helpful for you, um, you can go, there'll be a link somewhere here where you can go grab it. Um, you can go to nicoletuxberry.com slash purposeful you, and I'll make sure that that is set up for you there as a thank you for joining us in this summit. And so I can help you on your journey to living in your purpose, to rebuilding your life in your purpose. Um, so thank you again for joining us. This has been absolutely wonderful. And please feel free to reach out to me um, and we'll see you soon. Thanks again.